0: What makes it possible? Please make a donation today at RadioFreeBrooklyn I'll check. Microphone check. There I'm I so am. So bad, it's starting on time. Microphone check.
1: Hold on. It's because you're just so courteous, Ralph. Uh, you're very, very oh. courteous, my friend. And so, the last thing we'd want to do is impinge on the previous host, and I mean that quite sincerely. We're good. This is great. This is our tradition at this point is Jeff vamps a little bit. But here's the deal. Let's pretend that I knew it was like, what if I need to vamp again? So I thought up some topics. Here's a topic I thought about measuring devices before we had them. What did we do? I don't know. I think we were, as a species, much less precise. I guess that's just being like, without feet, how did we walk? Well, simply, you know, this is not rocket science it's
2: are you a science man jeff are you a man of science oh a sneeze is coming
0: oh uh, there it
1: goes and god bless you ralph hello everybody it's me jeff i'm back and here's ralph he's over there he's managing the equipment i'm just standing here looking pretty uh forced to answer yes or no i would say yes a science guy. I definitely am... i
2: science guy.
1: Engineer. I'm an engineer by blood. Blood? Yeah, I come from a long line of... Or at least a, a medium-sized line of uh, engineers. Just temperament and approach to life-wise. Engineer.
0: Yeah. And
1: used to be super-duper into science and still... Appreciate
2: it. Oh, can you hear? Okay. Now, now I, can hear. I can hear. Oh. There we go. All right. Maybe it's a little too much. I don't know.
1: I don't know. Sounds good to me. Um I think it's best when you can hear yourself in your own cans and your uh fellows.
2: You're just a uh You're just a you're just a medium
0: engineer. And I want you to be clear about that. All right. You're saying You're a
2: medium engineer. I can't be any clearer about that. I'm one of the top lead. I'm an extra large engineer. Are
1: you saying that I once again will not be assigned to the large scale projects at this firm? I I specifically sought a position with this firm because I knew through the grapevine, this firm had been contracted to build the new Golden Gate Bridge. The Golden, great, Bri- golden Gate Bridge Got a, Golden Great. The Golden, the Golden Gate. You
2: wanted to be a sign of the Golden Gate.
1: Golden Gate Bridge too. Golden, Golden Gate. And you're saying now that I'm, I'm, st- because of my history and my track record are all in medium-sized projects.
0: That I'm not going to get to go on to a large and extra large.
1: Kevin, you're, you're, you're a fine wow. engineer. You're a medium That's engineer. That's even smaller than medium. Fine is like, you know what the fine engineer is? That's a watchmaker. That is a fine engineer. And the last thing I want to do is bend my spine into a question mark and get little tiny goddamn tweezers and six different jeweler's loops on my eyes. No, I want to be a, enormous, a very broad and coarse engineer you, you want to be an exclamation point yes
2: you want to work on something great mm-hmm. the golden gate golden gate bridge too golden gate but uh i feel that you don't you won't fit there wow i feel that you want your spine to elongate and stretch mm mm-hmm. but you're as an engineer, speaking as an engineer, right. your spine has a natural curvature inward inward in the sun. My
1: literal small. physical spine, yeah. But my metaphorical spine is only as bent as the container into which I've been kept cramped. If there's anything
2: that's dangerous for an engineer, it's metaphors. That's true. That's true. Metaphors take lives.
1: That's true. The one large-scale project I did get to do was a skyscraper. and You put a hand on the top of the building. Because I thought, you know what? I, I've It's always been true that if you reach for the sky, worst case, you come back with a handful of beautiful clouds. And so I put a, a hand up there, and it was not secured and couldn't be secured aerodynamically, and it blew off and it smashed
0: a school.
2: Imagine, Kevin. If we put you on the Golden Gate Bridge to the Golden Great, I mean, and you put
1: the equivalent of a barbecue grate—is that, that what you're that, doing? I mean, listen, you—you got to not, you got to go from good to great. So you got to start with the uh, pavement layer of of goods. You know, I'm thinking baked goods. I'm thinking dry goods. I'm thinking, uh, you know, soft goods. You know, a bunch of curtains. Um, bedspreads, linens And then you go to grate And so the first the first layer is goods From various stores And next level is grates Barbecue grates uh, Sewer
2: grates You're a creative man You're a man who really understands And relishes in metaphor You're a fine engineer You might be a better Poet, Kevin Golden is Gate it- Bridge 2 Golden Great is gonna be great because none of the engineers who work on it
1: are medium. Is this why is this why every single thing in my inbox queue in, in my in my incoming projects is all let's see, let's see, okay, I've got design a new shape of canvas for painters. And here we go. Um yep. Engineer a sketchbook
0: for charcoals
1: that lays flat on the table. Yep. And then, and then now, and let's see here. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Great. We've got get make box set art for the entire series set of DVDs of Medium starring Patricia Arquette from CBS. Kevin,
2: look at your cubicle. It's built, it's a hut built out of crayons. Yeah. Look at your feet. You're wearing roller skates. Mm -hmm.
0: Look at your hands. Each has a different colored sheep. Puppet. Yeah. I'm an engineer. You run the daycare. You're a fine engineer. Oh.
1: So... That wasn't a metaphor when I said I'd like to be an engineer, please. And they said, "Well, with your background and your training in early childhood education, uh, we can have you run the daycare." And I thought that was like do the simple engineering projects. I'm not an engineer at all, am I? No. You've got some milk on your shirt.
2: Scene. <laughs> um. Oh, the 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 uh, life. Hey, this is no suggestion. <laughs> I'm uh I'm I'm Ralph Jean Pierre. We got interim co-host Jeff Grimwood. It's a me. The great
1: Grimsey. So Ralph, listen. Yeah. We've had an episode before. First time I was ever here, it was just you and me. No co-host. I was the guest. Yeah. This time I'm the co-host. Our guest is in absentia. Yeah. We've already done one where, you know, like you're, where I was the guest and I was, you know, you kind of interviewed me and we yeah. did scenes or whatever. Has there been an episode where somebody interviewed you? I was just thinking this the other day and no, there hasn't been. All right, Slim. It's time. Ralph uh, Jean Pierre. This is Not as everyone I've ever known, everyone I've known in improv knows you, but they all know you as Ralph Jean Pierre because that's what we think Okay. when we see your name. So the first time I came here, I, I, I talked it away went Ralph Jean Pierre. Tell us about that, Ralph.
2: Uh, I don't know <laughs> that there's much to tell. I first of all, I don't. Somebody called it my middle name. I think no, one of my students. Well, they don't know. Oh, they're babies. Yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> no, it's my last name. My last name is Jean Pierre. Mm-hmm. Some say Jean Pierre. I I don't care. I'm not. I've never been to France. Mm-hmm. They colonized my people. I love French as a language. It's beautiful. But I'm not a. I don't, I wasn't raised with that. I don't have, I don't have any. Some people in my family might be like, oh, Jean Pierre, whatever. Your name is how you say your name, man. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, and I'm also an F and not a PH. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: Good. Is this, is this Haitian roots?
2: Haitian. Full, full bloodied, full bodied. All right. Full bodied, full blooded Haitian. All right. Yeah. Full bodied. Full like a nation. like a coffee yeah like a like a beer yes
1: hops and barley in haiti like some tea that should not have steeped that long yeah and that's not you i'm just I'm saying full-bodied full things i I'm think you're steeped in haiti <laughs> <laughs> all right leaving that aside or setting moving on from that for now maybe it'll come back later so yeah. tell us tell us ralph about how, how did you come to improv
2: oh um tell us about your background where would did you like even grow up to get into other things besides improv but i oh, okay. will tell you my we, improv story we
1: can skip it it's just that's what we've been asking the last couple of people
2: yeah let's let's do it because you're right that is uh just get it on the record how did i come to improv it's not a uh when i was in high school i was from since high school i started doing short form in high school nice and uh the let me see uh Let's turn this up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Check, 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 check. Yeah, there you are. Is that better? There you um, go. The the mm-hmm. I I thought from when I was seven years old until I was about really until I was about twenty, mm. I thought I was going to draw for Marvel Comics. I thought I was going to be a penciler and Whoa. a writer for Marvel Comics.
1: That was my plan. And you I, have and the through improv come to know Tom Brennan, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who yeah. was a long time editor at. Marvel Comics, Marvel Comics yeah. Uh,
2: the, someone he worked with, Ellie Pyle, I went to college with. Mm. I don't know if you ever met Ellie. I have not. Um, the name is bell, but I do not know uh, Ellie. Ellie was in the theater program. I think Ellie was a grad student when I was there and came to New York. And I think they also edited for Marvel or something like that. Okay. And um, so that's what I thought I would do. And then in senior, I, I was already kind of getting into movies. Mm. Um. Like my, my junior year. Because As a viewer of, or making them? Viewer, viewer. Okay, right I, on, right uh, on. I, 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 uh and th- so this is part of the story, I guess, is um I, they put me in an AP English class, like junior year and senior year. I forget why. I, I don't know what. But they put me in that class. I was never in any other advanced classes, but put me in that class. This is just AP English? Yeah, AP English, okay. junior and senior year. And in that class, we learned about these literary devices and and terms and i learned about uh, a Machiavel mm. which is uh, you know a great villain great foil in a story and then i remember just watching rocky one day randomly was not really in the movies at all yeah but i remember watching rocky and going oh apollo creed is a machiavelli mm. And the moment that it occurred to me that I could, because I liked the AP English class, even though I never read any of the books, I liked mm. the discussions. Nice. Um, once it occurred to me that you could dissect and analyze films the same way you could books, mm. it blew my mind. So then I started to like get into like really get into film. So that was already happening like my junior year, and I'd already grown up like re- reading comic books and loving them, mm-hmm. like like in set, like I would go to. My mom would drop me off at Books of Maine, and I would stay for
1: six, eight hours. Nice.
2: Read. That's um, so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, as a kid. That's we- what I used to do, uh, and it was my go-to, like, really happy way of killing time back when there was Borders stores all over oh, the place. the best. Like, that Borders at Penn Station, man. You can go there, and yeah, just, just plow through, trade paperbacks of great stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's wonderful.
2: Mm-hmm. So, um, so that happened but i, I am still just like okay film is cool i can analyze it that way i don't even know why what interest i had in it which is strange for me because it's very strange for me to have an interest that i'm not immediately like oh i'm gonna do this mm. for a living mm. that's immediately like the moment i got into comic books i started drawing and, and i was also a rapper and the moment i discovered hip-hop for myself i started rapping like the next day that's very cool
1: <laughs> i don't know why that's yeah i don't know why that's I mean, that, that's, like. that's 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 especially like cool to me because i'm the opposite like it's a it takes a shove from somebody for me to like take the leap from wow i love this it really resonates with me it's my favorite thing in the world i need someone to come and shove me with both hands three times to get me across that membrane of like maybe i want to do this like it just doesn't even fucking occur to me so that's awesome wow that's interesting that you have that connection right
2: away i i mean yeah i i immediately like i'm gonna be in the i'm gonna be the best in the world at this fuck yeah like immediately, like I don't think that I am, but I think that I can be, and I start
1: mm-hmm. right away. At least, you know, that's what I did when I was a kid. So, okay, so, so 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 Charlie, I appreciate the ambition and everything, but like, truly, your job here as the newest guy on the custodial staff, I'm the I'm the, the most senior guy in the custodial staff. But your job is just we're going to keep bringing our mop buckets in, and it's your job to have a new one with clean soap or water ready. And just give it to us and then, and then we leave you the dirty one and you clean that out and have you're just here just to just cycle the buckets, buddy. And I see that you've painted the gym.
0: Talk to me. There, Talk to me, Charlie. This is going to be the most pristine facility in Pennsylvania.
2: Hey, Pristi- I'm, I'm thankful for this job. I the- am
1: thankful for this job. Charlie, we're thankful for you being here at the job, my man. You're a great asset to the team, and you're going to become a part of the team. You're already. Uh, but here's the thing. Christine. Uh, we got a lot of Florida Mop in this joint. Okay? They have ga- grades K through 18 here. All right? K through 8. They and then it's, And the then it's a high school through 12. They and deserve And then it's a college through best. 14. And then it's PhDs all the way through, baby. There is so much Florida Mop, and we are running slow. Because we're all having to do our own buckets when you're supposed to be the bucket filler. I want this place to be the cleanest facility in the state of Pennsylvania. Right now, the floors aren't going to be clear by the end of the shift. I'm so thankful for you. Charlie, what do you talk to me? Come on. All right, you know what? Listen. You gave me purpose. I'm taking, I'm, taking my, I'm taking my supervisor badge. I'm taking it off. I'm putting it over there. I'm closing the locker. I was doing pull-ups on the, at the stoplight. It was amazing. And you gave me a purpose. But I don't think you're, I think you're interpreting the purpose. When right now, you can have the purpose of doing the best. Yeah. But the, the means right now, that purpose is filling buckets. You can be the best, fastest, most thorough bucket filler we've ever had, but we need you to be a bucket filler. Okay, so I see. I want that, to I do see, so much more. My shoulder hurts. While we've been having this conversation, you just disassembled, cleaned, re-greased, re-tefloned, and reassembled the bucket filling faucet. My
2: shoulder hurts because I'm putting a lot of energy into it. I'm sorry to. I'm sorry if it's hard for you to. It's um, hard for me to hear you over the din.
0: No, it's okay.
1: Of, of. I've never of seen labor. Now that you did that. Now that you did that. That. Look how fast those buckets are filling. That, I never knew that faucet could go that fast. Was it really clogged? Was it really clogged up in there? I've done a
2: diagnostic on the whole facility.
0: Is that what this drawing is? Whoa.
2: Well, that's the that's 20th of it.
1: This, if I'm reading this right, you're telling me that we've got five furnaces working when we only need two. And we're wasting a lot of natural gas. Is that right? You did have five furnaces
0: working. Holy shit. You took, you took three furnaces out. Huh? Pristine. No, uh, Mikey, watch-
1: Mikey, Mikey, just use the dirt. You know what? You know. What? Uh, this is this is a supervisor. Um, hey, in honor of uh, what's today? Uh, in honor of National Milk Bottle Day. Uh, everybody, maintenance, everybody, you get the night off. You get the night off. Just go home. Leave your buckets where they are.
0: All right. I built a time machine. <laughs> Who are you, Charlie? I'm the best janitor this this facility has ever seen. And I have you to thank for it. What wait, wait. this so, is what just This, this is it, my daughter from the future. Her name is Pristine. Hi. Pristine? <laughs> Very, very wet. My dad kept me very clean. See.
1: You said a problem you've had. Have you had a problem of like, all right, you've hired me to do a, and I'm while I'm here to do a, I've got a lot of thoughts about B, C, D, E, and F, and I'm going to voice them and it causes friction. Um, n-
2: No, but I have. Uh, gotten and lost a lot of jobs and usually it's because of my intensity i think i get intense because usually my my, what i'll do is uh i'll endeavor to make myself and usually they say this works but in my case it doesn't work i'll endeavor to make myself invaluable Mm. i'll try to outwork everyone so that if they were to lose me then i imagine everything would grind to a halt but it just makes me uh
1: now, who who it gets hits. mad? The other like your peers, your people lateral of? No, you?
2: no, I don't. I never get that. Really? It's, it's the above. That's interesting. Yeah, it's just it just it's
1: classically somebody who shows up. Uh, and this is, you know, somebody shows like somebody who's just got the job for the summer and is like, hey, I can make way more than I would if I just do extra more. And everybody who's there long term hates them because they increase the quota and they kind of screw everybody.
2: It never occurred to me. But you know why I think that's the case? Because those people usually, like, want to be liked and want to ingratiate themselves Uh and uh, are nice. (laughs) I don't do that part. I'm just, like, intense, and I'm like, I've done the best job anyone's ever done. And they're like, okay, Ralph, that's awesome. And I'm like, (coughs) I actually told that. I had told a joke like that once. I got hired at the Intrepid Museum. Mm. Wow. I got hired at the Intrepid Museum. I love a museum job. job. Yeah. Yeah. And I did lose that job pretty quickly. They made me a manager, and then I lose, lost the job. <laughs> um, I think about this all the time. They, um, hmm, you're getting this is popcorn. You're uh, getting yeah. stories out of me that uh, I haven't said any of these on this show. They, I did get hired, but at the interview, they they were like, "Tell us a joke," because. <laughs> I, th- I don't know if they usually ask people that. I think I was just so intense. Oh, wow. <laughs> Let's lighten the mood during your interview, sir. Right. <laughs> so they said, tell us a joke. And I said, well, uh, okay, this is a joke that I made up. I'll tell you this joke. I said, knock,
1: knock. Who's there? Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris who? <laughs> Ralph, for, for the radio audience, Ralph just gave an incredibly intense not, I don't know if it's a death stare, a very intense stare that says, like, your move, motherfucker, and it's going to be the wrong one. Like, it's superb. But it's not crazy. It's it very in control, which maybe makes it worse. This And this
2: was in, this was in 2008, in the height of the recession. Mm. And I was desperate for a job. <laughs> and that's the joke that I told. And they did hire me. But then my, my, uh, the guy who hired me later told me, I was afraid you were going to kill us all. <laughs> oh God. That's really. Ah, uh, yeah. That's very interesting. Like, I, I don't, I don't know what that gear is because I believe that there's some people in my life who, who see me as like very soft and very sweet, which I am, but I also have that gear in me. Mm-hmm. and they're, I don't think they're in conflict. They just emerge at different times. Mm. So like, it's not an intensity. It's more like I desperate not to lose this job. Yeah. And also something kicks into me where I'm like, how hard can I work? How hard can I work? Interesting. And I just, I I just start now. Yeah.
1: Now I have a new, a new therapist. It's like, it's been a a few months now and it's great. And I think that I've, I've noticed that she does that I'm like, that's f- f- fucking brilliant is I'll say something and sometimes her response will be basically like she'll ask one, some version or another of, and what does that remind you of? Which is so smart because even if like you throw something out there and the person who's listening to you doesn't really know what to do with it or doesn't, they, if they just ask you, hey, what does that remind you of or what does that connect to in your head? you're going to pull something out like it's going to pull something's going to magnetize to that other thing and come nice. floating up oh, cool um and it will and and interestingly there's stuff that's like well i don't want to talk about this thing today and there's no reason to so it's all talk about some unrelated thing and then she'll do like and what does that like remind you of you know this, what is that similar to and i'll be like well and within two steps i'm back to the thing that i thought i was not going to talk about you know what i mean uh, it's a trip uh anyway that's what i'm asking you is and i say all that i don't know why i guess credit Compulsive credit where to yeah. where I gotta move, but um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, what is that? What's that like? What does that connect? What does it remind you of? That Makes phenomenon, fun. the phenomenon of like, I'm gonna, how hard can I work? How kind of like what when you think of that, like, what else is attached to that? What resonates with that? What, well, that, what does it remind you of?
2: Two things. One, when yeah. I was a kid, my parents would use the word lazy at
1: me a lot, mm.
2: which I think is, I don't think it had to do with me. I think it's like in the hood and in like. Lower-income families, like especially in the black cultures, like calling your kid bad or calling your kid lazy, is just something that happens. Okay, like how the parents cope. Okay, but it would would make to this day, it would, like it would make the hair and the back of my neck stand up because it was like, "Are you observing that I'm lazy, or are you like endowing me with?" That? Oof. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and so, oh, this fat. That's why. Oh, are you hearing that the whole time? Yeah,
1: that's okay. There is a. Helicopter style ceiling fan just just apocalypse now choppering its way uh along this whole time over overstairs. You might notice an ambient kind of sound gradually receding now as we begin to enter sound studio conditions. I was wondering why it was sounding like that. Now
2: it sounds bitter. You're you're there you go. Yeah. Oh, crap. <laughs> All right. Hopefully the sound was not that uh trash though. Well we'll see. Thing. Now
1: it's gonna sound so great, Ralph.
2: I mean, we could I could hear pretty well before. Um so um You know whether they're endowing you with that. Yeah, so that's something like so it was always like I I never wanted to it never was in me to prove that I wasn't, but it was always it definitely make sure that I'm not. So and then I remember I don't know if it's related or unrelated, but like I remember I had one of the first jobs I had when I came to New York, I remember I think I yeah, it was a uh, it was a pool hall that's still there. Mm. Ocean's Eight, I think on, on Prospect someplace. Okay, uh, near uh, kind of like coming down from uh, downtown Brooklyn between downtown between where the Brooklyn Bridge is and like the Prospect Park. It's like okay, I don't remember where it is. is it's a way? a billiard parlor. Yeah, and I got a job there as a busboy. And mm. I remember something hit me at that time. It was one of my, I think it was the very first job I got in New York. And something hit me where I it just was like, I don't know. I think it occurred to me that sometimes people spend more energy avoiding work than doing the work Fuck in yeah. front of them. Yeah. And, I, and I was like, what if I go the other way? What Because I think I had a thought in me where I was like, well, if I work really hard, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think I had the thought in me like, find out. Yeah. What if I work so hard that it, I just go past what I thought I could even do? Yeah. And um, probably because I'd started running a few years earlier, too. But age so range I, are we talking here? Um. So I was, when I just moved to New York, so I was probably like 20, definitely wasn't even 25 yet. Okay. And I was just like, yeah, what if I just go as hard as I can yeah. every single time? I remember one time coming home from that job, you know, you get out late because it was an all-night place. Yeah. I remember one time waiting for the train to go home, and realizing, "Whoa, I'd fallen asleep and I was standing right near the tracks." Well, uh, like that's how you know I was young, but I was like, "Man, I'm going so hard, I'm fucking <laughs> I'm losing my life here." But uh, yeah, I just never left. I feel like I try to be like, "What if I just go as hard as I possibly can? Mm-hmm. What if I don't hedge, yeah."
0: Now if you know speaking to like that like that mode of you that is you know that is
1: doing that you speak to that mode and and ask it like what if what happens if you if you don't if you took one entire job or one entire month at a job and were like i'm gonna i'm gonna do less than i could
2: that's a really good question i wonder what that would be like i think because I think right now it's softened. I think there's a lot of things like that in me that in my 20s were extreme mm-hmm. that have softened and integrated. Okay. I don't think I so much try to make myself incredibly indispensable anymore. I, I'm working a different nature of jobs
0: now, too. Mm. Um, You know, these were like labor jobs. Yeah. But I think there's an interesting idea of like, well, what if you just did this, which I think is valuable.
2: But I think I've learned to see my life as like, um, and, it, and, and, and I pay a price for it, but it's, even that is like, I think I've learned to see my life as an experiment. Mm-hmm. Like I've never
0: been drunk, never been high. Um, and I don't even know if I've ever taken like a pain pill I don't have any tattoos. Like
2: there's certain things in my life I've just never done. And it's not for like an austerity or a piety. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I don't know a lot of people who've never done these things. Sure. So what will a life look like if you just don't? Interesting. And like, you know, and like one of the things I would do, like a job I had for my full-time job for seven years was hosting karaoke parties right and they weren't just like karaoke shows where it's like all right Catherine, to this day like i would host parties and like people are dancing as hard as they can like yeah these would be parties yeah I'm, like dancing and so i did all these things sober interesting stark dead sober and so but that is the experiment that i put on my life i was like what if i try to do these things
1: and just am sober the whole time what will happen and now observing those things you know from afar through just like what you would post about them during those years uh, I didn't know that. I mean, I, I never thought about, I never asked myself, is he sober or not? Well, that's not part doing of it this. too, is I would
2: never, ma- I would not ever make a. That's good. Yeah. But
1: I, it, it, it certainly was zero. It, there was never any hint of an impression of like, you were any less like lit and lively than anybody else there. But if any, you were, you know, in like that like party starter mode, it, it vibe like you were getting the motherfuckers. You were getting it going and keeping it going. Yeah. 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 That's what I was doing. I feel like there's an inhibition. Differential or uh, differential between you and and most people. A lot of folks do that shit to like just amp themselves through any inhibitions. I don't know. We're getting through tonight. Tonight we're getting through. Absolutely through. Through. Through every possible
2: barrier. You had a lot of barriers in your life, Gary. Mm hmm. You
1: had, a bar- you had barriers to the front, to the back, to the side of you. And inside me. Every little piece of me was walled off from every little piece. If I'm... my foot was hurting, my brain didn't know. Oh, my word. And my feelings didn't know. And if my feelings were hurting, my body didn't know. Gary, you, you I remember when
2: I met you. I remember when I met you. It was like seeing a man made of cabinets. Mm-hmm. You, you, Your mm-hmm. one cabinet didn't know what was in the other cabinet.
1: And I will, I, will, I will tell you right now, Graham. I'm not sure I made the right move by removing all of those boundaries. You're, but you're fully integrated now. I know, but the other day... You know, I made a, I made a, I made a little mistake. I, start, I, I kind of started crossing the street a little later than I should have. You know what? It's like I was like, ah, I'm, I'm pushing it. And ended up, you know, a car had to wait for me. Well, the car very justly honked its horn and Ooh. said, hey, asshole. And, and, and he, was, he, was, he was right. That's brusque. I had a debilitating backache for the next three days. Because you felt it in your feelings. Because I was ashamed. And there was no boundary between that emotional shame and your spine and my, my spine and my musculature's ability to proudly hold me upright. They were as debilitated as my self-esteem was. And then, uh, on the, on the flip side, the other day I was, I was filing my nails while I was watching television and I got a little distracted and I kept filing too much and I filed, you know, like a little bit of the epidermis off of the tip of my finger and I just began to scream angrily out the window at every passerby because i was filled with just emotional rage and pain and you screamed i hate you father
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah yeah your father's long dead gary
1: right but you know i hated him Mm. and now finger pain makes me think of that So tonight though, tonight's not about me and my boundaries. I've got them with it. We, we are getting through. This is a QVC infomercial. We are getting getting through, everybody, with these essential oil samplers. And, and let me tell you, you might think sample and you might think a small little amount, but these are very generous samples. This is more like, you know, just an array. This is tested all in great quantity.
2: Before we tried these samples, I mean, when I met Gary, it was like a man who every half quarter side of his
1: personality and body didn't know the other Mm. at all. That makes me feel just you having noticed that way back then and remembering it makes me emotionally feel really seen. and, And that is causing me to become... Physically um appreciative in a way that is not appropriate for camera. So I'm going to grab Turn away, Gary. I'm going to grab this National Geographic Book of Dolphins and just hold it in front of the offending. Um You guys call in now because we are getting through with these. We're getting oil. through, and you can get through too.
2: We're getting through. Gary is almost through his pants. Wow. We, we are getting through. Wow. Oh, look at that. We um
1: We've made we've made. 52 sales all uh, 50, ah Gary Gary we are going to
0: have to go off the air <laughs> Excuse me 55 sales oh and, and a marriage proposal's
2: come in Gary What? You've made America fall in love with you and these essential oils
0: Wow um my acne is clearing up in the face of this admiration you're, and you're
2: validation. In, you're, you're totally integrated as a human
1: species. Wow. Um, if you would like to get a little more integrated, it says here that this, um, this anise or anise seed essential oil will um, help soothe emotional stress. And this sassafras extract. Good for joint pain.
2: When I met Gary, he was being sawed in half by a magician
1: scene <laughs> <laughs> Didn't feel a thing. Yeah. hmm hmm Yeah. Uh are there plugs or something we're supposed to do? Or oh, yeah, yeah, station copy. Thank let's you. let's make sure to do our diligence. Hey, you're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn
2: Independent, listen to supported radio. Uh thanks for listening. Um Be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming Radio Free Brooklyn events, which we do all over Brooklyn, um, at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org backslash newsletter. Boom.
1: Fantastic. Read and handled. All right. Now, our is there a point, Ralph, in this striving at any given job, is there some satisfaction finish line? You know what I mean? It's not that you stop when you cross it, but, like, I've worked – so I've worked so hard and above and beyond And in this experimental way whether it's at one of these Jobs or one of these like interesting like life Experiments of like let's do the whole thing sober Is there a point where there's a Satisfaction quantum that You reach you might keep going to the next one but It's like ah
2: that's really Interesting and, and is it driven by A dissatisfaction
0: or not at all I think um I'm
2: I don't know if I've ever been... Friend- well, definitely. I rarely ever, have ever spoken publicly. How public is this? Who knows who will listen to this? But... Um, um, It's
1: Schrodinger's broadcast. Yeah. I don't know that reference, but I can gather... I think I've heard that term It's before. the cat in the box, and it's alive and dead until you look. Ooh. Um.
2: So, yeah. My goal when I started acting like any- like anything else was to try to become as good... I remember reading... A biography of jack nicholson that i love and i think mm. somewhere in, in, in it he said i'm the best actor my age in the country hmm. and i always thought i want i want that i want to go for that
1: that's interesting
2: and you know again that softens and changes as you get older and the idea of best starts to lose its uh sheen mm-hmm. and attractiveness and you start to think well what's the utility of this why am i doing this but
1: <clears throat> yeah you start to realize that like yeah this lawnmower is the best lawnmower it's a terrible refrigerator but it's the best lawnmower you know what i mean and it's yeah. shit like that i'm the best what does that mean really or it's well like
2: made? what what good does that do anyone and what does that say about who i am beyond that i've become the best but mm. like, what else is it is it expressing something at what about cost me? yeah um sorry i keep jumping in it does it express please. something about you or yeah what? what what who like what am i really after it can't just be then it's attached to competition and uh comparison and all this. So so that's softened, but some part of that
0: um just desire to strive to be as good as I to, to see how great I could grow. Um Um Golden Gate Bridge 2, Golden Great. Um and
2: it's funny because you were my first guest after my breakup, and uh the breakup
0: uh caused me to uh, uh caused me to really like take
2: stock and evaluate my life mm-hmm. and so like I had this goal about
0: acting that I hadn't when you're defined by striving, which is what
2: I was defined by, I'm a striver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm striving to work at Marvel Comics. I'm striving to be a great rapper. I'm striving to be a great actor. I'm striving to be a, a, a really funny comedian. I'm striving whatever it is to understand comedy as well as like, striving to do all these things. Yes, and I thought to myself just a few hours ago, it it hadn't really. I, I I thought I've thought this in the last few months, but this really hit me in the last few hours. Yesterday, I taught acting at Columbia MFA. Mm -hmm. Today, I I taught at Brooklyn College. Mm. And tomorrow, I'm teaching at NYU.
0: (laughs) And uh, I don't know how to talk about this, except for like a difficult
2: thing is to, but you can't move forward to anything else until you do it, is to accept you've probably met your goal. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whatever that goal is, whatever that goal has become, you're probably there. You might have overshot it. What do you still have? Do you, do those goals still serve you? What if so? What is the thing you're after? Mm. Have you accomplished that thing? What do you do with it now? Where do you go? Ooh. Yeah. Do you do you have more? You want to learn in that direction? You want to learn something else? Do you still want to do that? Do you? The, the 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 what you were going to achieve when you get there what you're going to do with that achievement right what utility would that serve i gotta think about all those things now
1: because it's it's interesting it's, it's, to me especially in the context like that it happens to be in the context of higher ed because higher ed i know is a place where some folks arrive like they get there and they stay there till they're 90 and then they retire for 6 months and they and they croak. You know what I mean? Like it can be a, like a and now some people cuz I I've I have some context with uh film school at a at a university and I know those people there who like directed a couple of huge like or maybe would direct one indie movie that was like the hit of Sundance and the Hot Property and maybe got nominated or was in the running for an Oscars or something and they like one big movie that made their name. In the in the sort of splash zone beyond that, but while they were that still had their name with a lot of cachet, they were offered and accepted a teaching position at this film school. Now, some of them they go teach, you know, two years out of three, or they teach, ongoingly, uh, and then whenever they're not teaching, whether it's the summer breaks or whether it's their off years or during sabbaticals, they continue to make films, right? And they go on to, to be, continue being filmmakers who then teach in between films. And then there's some who are like, "Yep, I'm so and so. I directed that movie that you absolutely heard of, and um, that was 30 years ago. And I've been teaching here ever since. And I don't really have an assessment of what's good or bad about any of those." <laughs> Sorry, Ralph is, is fiddling with his phone and making yeah, delightful faces. Uh, he's not fiddling with it. He's 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 not fiddling with his phone. He is troubleshooting the camera over here. Um, but anyway, I don't have any judgment about whether it's good or bad. But I know it's a play. It's often a doc in which some people stay for the rest of their careers. And so if you are a, a person who's always been striving, what you just... Yeah, the the goalpost you just crossed, the finish line you or the mile post that you just crossed is one that a lot of people stop, like, plant at and stay. So... That's terrifying. That would seem to be terrifying to a striver. So I'm just saying... Congratulations, you have won not only Jeopardy and now Jeopardy Tournament of Champions and now Jeopardy International Tournament of Champions. You are unquestionably the global champion of Jeopardy. Congratulations,
0: Malcolm. Is, huh. is there another one? I'm sorry? Is, maybe galactic Champion.
2: Perhaps you could create for me a new category where that I could once again test my skills against I mean, the most capable challengers.
1: It's been a real ratings winner for us. So we've definitely consulted with some consulting firms and various, you know, Merv Griffin himself. And honestly, any category that we've been able to think of would have been a blow in the flow chart here. So... To have you compete in any of those would be like having you know Michael Jordan come and compete in a second grade soccer match. It's like sure, it's a little different, but he's going to win. Let me trounce them, Malcolm. When you showed up on the first day at Jeopardy, I said, "What's your what's your ambition, Malcolm?" You said to win Jeopardy, and then when you'd won, I said, "So how's that ambition?" You said, "No, no, my ambition is to win the Tournament of Champions, and so on." And every time when you would. Be victorious over the current tier. You would say, "Oh, the next tier—that's my actual ambition." You hit the top tier, Malcolm. There's nothing higher. I've been living in my
2: Nissan Sentra.
1: The nis, the Nissan Sentra that you arrived at the studio in for your very first screen test and I, and qualification exam all those years ago. I put my winnings in the trunk. Don't say that. Don't. Say, we are live. Can we get security, please? We get somebody out to protect the presumably
0: rust ridden red Nissan Sentra? Um just protect it? Uh please,
2: if you look behind this podium, I'm
1: not wearing any shoes. Malcolm, I've got a put I've got something to say to you, and I'm going to put it in the form of a question. Who, if he's not preparing for another level of jeopardy,
0: who is Malcolm Cobbleston. Yes, you can have thirty seconds. Boom, boom, boom,
2: He's drawing something on the on the board. There
1: are tears running down his face. Boom boom boom. And let's see, okay, so for you your your wager Malcolm was um, your soul and identity. Um, yes. We're just gonna let that sit for a second and see if we need to figure out how to resolve that. And your answer
0: is: to your answer to the query of who is Malcolm Cobblestone? Oh, you just, you just, you drew a little frowny face. And it is holding what is,
1: a, I think, a pretty badly drawn, but a revolver to its own head. Um, the Good news, Malcolm. We didn't want to reveal it to spoil your moment of victory, but I'm afraid there's more to do. Because we have been in collaboration with NASA and SETI. Um, and we have made contact with an unknown signal from uh, the Alpha Centauri Galaxy. And so if you could get over there, start learning Morse code. Oh, no, you already know Morse code. Um, we're going to need to send you to a space telescope and to start transmitting. I accept the challenge. Will you represent Earth in some sort of, in, I'm sorry, in the definitely real and existing galactic championship of, um, of Jeopardy, Malcolm? As long as it's not a requirement that I wear shoes.
0: It, 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 it definitely won't be. Um, and could you let us, could you let us get your hotel room, Malcolm? I prefer the cot. You can bring a cot into the hotel room. We just can't have you sleeping in a car. You're the world champion of Jeopardy, and you're a good guy. I'll um, I'll sleep in the lobby of the
2: hotel on the cot. That's a start.
0: Um, and yeah, is security on that
1: car? Ensing. Right, See, <laughs> dark. Felt too real a cry for help in the form of a question ah! <laughs> a uh, camera does not want to film this one today ralph
2: it doesn't want it's too. it's
1: you're gonna make too it though deep. you're gonna make it it may not work i mean in some ways it's the um the, the thing we're sorry whoop gonked it the thing we're talking about is you know in, in some ways the michael jordan situation right where like he hit undisputably the pinnacle of his sport and of kind of sports in general. Oh, he had, God. he had met, he had met, achieved all of his goals, like win the championship and they did it three times. And there was and, and a lot of people interpret his move to baseball as like, he's someone who needs to be striving to become the best when he's not yet established to be the best. And once he was established, he's like, this is no good. And so went to something where he was not. I,
2: I just remember, I'm just remembering that I watched that documentary <coughs> about him going to baseball. It was awfully good. I mean, it's, uh, here's an interesting thing. Uh, My favorite basketball player used to be Michael Jordan. I don't know much about basketball at all, but I follow certain figures. Yeah, same. It used to be Michael Jordan. It's not Michael Jordan anymore. Who is that? It's Tim Duncan. Okay. Tim Duncan has five rings, not six. Mm-hmm. He won them throughout his career. He, had, he played for a longer time than Jordan. Mm-hmm. And he won the rings throughout the career as opposed to one tight span.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And... He has one less ring, but he seems happier.
0: Mm. Jordan ah,
2: seems pretty incapable of happiness.
1: Interesting. Um. So now, would you? Uh, could it be? I don't know. Could it be that you like admire Jordan, and you also identify with Jordan and Duncan? You're like that's a little more aspirational because that's not quite you. I think I identify more with Tim Duncan. Interesting. I'm more okay. like Tim Duncan.
2: Because I think he has just as much of a drive toward achievement. Yeah. But I think his is more considered, meaning like he wants to win for bigger reason than just
0: to be the greatest. Mm. Um, I think even though Jordan has one more ring, I think really...
2: In a way, Jordan has less rings because he hasn't achieved what Tim Duncan did, which is like he's beloved of all his, he's mm. beloved of his family, he's beloved of. All, I don't know if he's, Jordan is beloved by his
1: family. He's. It seems like Jordan is respected by. Oh, I don't know about his family. Yeah, that I don't know. Respected by everyone, but like everyone in the sport, and, and like everyone, they all respect the shit out of him. Some don't necessarily love him, but they respect the shit out of him. That's what was the vibe I got from from the Tim is deeply beloved. Interesting and. He's even beloved by his
2: nemeses. Mm. Even they can't help but love him. And so to me, like, that is that is who I'd like to be. And It seems like his children, he's very close to his children. And, uh, yeah, that is what I'd like to be. I don't have, and I don't think it's a pivot
0: for me. I don't think I ever had, like, a cold, I'm not competitive, Uh, at least not. Uh, as a rule, or right. proudly, I have competition in me, like any. I have
2: a competition in me. I, you know, what I mean, I have it in me like any other human being, but yeah. I'm not motivated by competition. I'm not motivated by being better than anyone else. That's Yeah, I think I'm just like, how far can I go in my life in in my lifespan, Mister Mister Piratsky, Could I
1: could I get your autograph? I'm sorry that I, I snuck into the. Well, I guess this isn't the players' parking lot. This is the stadium staff parking lot. But then there's a handwritten sign there that says "for the kicker," the for the backup kicker. And What's I know that's up, you, Mister. I know that's. What's up? Wait, you want you want an autograph?
2: You want a sign, signature? You're the you're the real George Baratsky, the backup kicker for the Cleveland Browns. That's me.
1: You're my hero,
2: kid. <laughs> who put you up to this
1: pataki sweet um muso my my big brother pushed the helped push the trash can next to the fence so i could get over the fence and get into the uh, stadium staff parking lot Oh, him to wave get out of here real funny kid
2: real funny make fun of the backup kicker
1: How i'm sorry Mr. Years Brazzi, i've never did, kicked did you you didn't did you not want? If you don't want to do the autograph, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to bother my hero. I'm sorry. I really mean I'm sorry. You're I'll, doing I'll,
2: a hell of an acting job, kid. Those are real tears, and I don't know how you conjured those up, but you're you're starting to really uh, work on my emotions here. You seem. I'm your hero. It you doesn't seem, track. You seem very. How does it not track? You've never seen me kick outside of a practice or off season scrimmage. That's
0: true. But I've seen you for twelve seasons. Every game. Warm up before the
1: game. Suit up. Be there on the sidelines ready to go.
2: I've never missed a game. And people some
1: I know there's some years where they, they, they the, the fans get bored and they chant things at you. Three years ago, um they they, they I think they called you they called you. Um, they just called you instead of Baratsky. They called you Rotsky, emphasizing the rot part. Um, and then instead of George Baratsky, one year, um, they called you um the sl- the slack up. I'm not having trouble remembering
2: these uh, incidents,
1: but you still showed up, and you never scowled at anyone, and you never, you know, turned on the fans. It doesn't. The truth
2: is, it doesn't matter to me if I ever kick in a game. <laughs> I don't care. I kicked enough in college. I kick enough in practice. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is, my God, imagine, imagine one day there's a game somewhere in Chicago or maybe in, uh, maybe out there in Iowa, Mm -hmm. snowing and the kicker's out. And the next lead kicker's out. And the first backup's out. And even the trainer's sick. And And, then it comes down to me and and I'm not there.
1: That wouldn't be good. That wouldn't be right. And you know what, Mr. Brodsky? No Cleveland fan and no Cleveland player would ever have to be afraid of that. Because it'll never happen. And to be one little piece of certainty in this crazy, fucked up world? Whoa. I learned that from my big brother, too. He okay. said it means messed up. Okay. Well, that's... That's what makes a hero in my book.
2: You got too much perspective for, what are you, 14?
1: Um, I'm 11. I mean, I'm almost 12, so it has been 12 seasons.
2: That's a lot of... Can I Yeah. yeah. Listen,
1: I've been working in coal mines, and I've lost a lot of friends, and the one thing that would keep me together when I wanted to cry all night was just pulling out My collection of programs from the game and seeing there on the back, 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 back page under the crossword puzzle, it would say, back up, back up, back up, kicker, George Baratsky. I'm
2: not going to sign an autograph for you, kid. I want you for me. I want you to, I want you to pull out a sheet of paper from your pocket.
0: Okay. Here you go. It's got a little coal smudge on it. Yep. I want you to cough on it. I want to keep the soot easily done.
2: <coughs> Kid, I'm pretty sure you got cancer. See? <laughs> 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 oh, no. George Baratskin?
0: Too
1: dark. <laughs> oh, I don't
0: understand. you got me as soon as i
1: said 12 seasons i was like damn it there's a i just mathed myself because i wanted to be younger than that and then i couldn't be 14 but i should have just been 14 that's oh, what i, get. Well, that's that's is, what I, I mean, get ralphie
2: i mean you could have been a rich listen man fam. we got
1: 120 seconds my friend Oh, shit.
2: You got it. Um, what, are, what are we, uh, plugging? So
1: here's, here's, here's what I want. Here's what I would a- ask you to do is I, I beseech you to right now in this little time capsule, throw a little message to Ralph two years from now in February, 2025. A little message it might be a question. It might be a reminder. I don't know, man. Oh, Lord. Um,
0: you're now speaking to Ralph Jean Pierre 2025. Ralph Ooh I hope Ralph that you have
2: done a better job of relinquishing control and I hope that you've moved toward in some way building a family
1: in some way Uh Ralph Jean-Pierre ladies and gentlemen inside the Raufters studio oh my god i would say in addition to in a, a lifelong experiment and uh never getting never really getting drunk or never really getting high uh it's also and i don't know if you even thought of this way but you are conducting a pretty cons- a consistent experiment in, in being at all times sincere yeah i'm trying to get rid of that because <laughs> as I, once i gave you that prompt i was like oh that was a, a relatively steep prompt for someone who doesn't bullshit or laugh things off So thank you for uh, going along with it.
2: Uh, It seems incongruous for an improv podcast, but that's what this is. A lesser
1: man would have just said, see you in the funny papers, sucker, (laughs) and then done it. Listen, you can find Ralph here. You can find me at goodgameimprov.com. And I'm Jeff Grumman, and that's Ralph Jean Pierre. Ralph. Good night, y'all. We love you. This has been No Suggestion.